Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Ravenhill Roundup. This week we've seen Ulster take on Ospreys in a mighty victory at Ravenhill. So we're going to be looking at the match, the other matches around in the league, as well as some news of Ulster and a look ahead. Today I am joined once again by Lewis. Lewis, how you been? Oh, been good, yeah. Enjoyed the match on, on Saturday. Bonus point victory, can't complain. Excellente. So, get started. We've had a very special guest wanting to join us today. And it is one of you viewers. So, we have Adam Latham coming on. Uh, he's from Carrick. And he's a big, big Ulster fan. And wanted to give his thoughts on the game this weekend. So we'll have a wee interview with him and then we'll get in the the regular Lee Plan show and hope you enjoy. We'll play it now, then we'll give you our thoughts on what he said and the match and get straight into it. Yes, so I'm now joined by Adam Latham. Adam, how are you? How's Liverpool going? Hello, hello, doing well, yeah. I'm starting uni tomorrow. Uh just, you know, finding my footing again. Uh in England, sadly. <laughs> yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, so you watched the game um, on Saturday, 47 points to 17 win, bonus point win. What were your overall thoughts on the game? I thought it was a solid win. I uh, Personally, I think that we played well, but in a way, uh, there's a certain aspect of the game that I thought that we were lacking in. And that's probably when it comes to, what it comes down to simply is the Island Day tour. I think the Ireland Day tour was really good in terms of building up, you know, younger players. But if we would have had Stuart Murr, Balakoon, Doak, and even like David McCann mm-hmm. in that team, like in that squad, it would have it, we would have blown them completely out of the water. I know we blew them out of the water, but if we came up against a better team like Leinster a couple of weeks ago, we would just get shown our arses again, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, what were your thoughts on the Ireland tour? Did, was it the timing all that you think that uh, probably put uh, put most people off? Yeah, yeah. I think if the tour would have coincided with, because I do know that the Ireland tour in the summer had Ireland Day games, but I think that we should have coincided the tour to have like a mini tour that's not involved in that tour. Because do you remember? Was it ten years ago when the Lions were on Ireland played in America and Canada? Yes, yes. So something like that. So like an Ireland day, but you're playing against tier two nations instead of, yes, I know their Curry Cup and I know the quality of players and the cheese game was very good yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you're, you're an international team. Like I know that they're younger and I know that they don't have any, much experience. But the first game we were playing against semi-professional, I know they're professionals and they know they won the Curry Cup, but, you know, it just seemed like it was men against boys still. And luckily, there's no injuries. Like, I'm sure we're going to get on to Jake Flannery. Yeah. Sometimes. But, and the fly half crisis that we have all of a sudden. But, you know, it's just the timing. I think, I think, it, I think it's going to do well in the long run. But when you think about it, November's around the corner. And we're not going to have our Irish boys for longer than, well, just after the South African tour. Yeah, totally agree. And um, as well, it was mad to see Nathan Doak playing against Ruin Pinar, wasn't it? Yeah, do you know what? Um, 
I saw on Twitter uh, that Pinar's debut, Doki was uh, was the one that was uh, the, uh, the mascot for that game. Yeah. So I'm sure it must have been bad for Pinar himself. But, you know, student versus master. And, yeah. And then the ball boy for so many years after that as well. I know, I remember. I played cricket against Nathan Nathan Doak a few oh, really? times. I didn't actually get to play. I didn't actually get to play rugby against him, but I played cricket against him and his brother whilst his dad was coaching. So oh, that was a that was a bit of a weird occurrence seeing where I am now in Liverpool and now he's, you know, getting off to South Africa with the Ireland squad. So yeah. you know, peaks and roundabouts. Um moving back to the Ospreys game, um, was there any players you were particularly impressed with? Uh, it's it's always the classic thing, Stuart McCluskey. I'm probably the biggest Stuart McCluskey fan. You yeah. know, I, I think he I think if he was even in like a South Africa team or a New Zealand team or a French team that he would have had about fifty caps by now. Yeah, I probably agree actually. Uh, I I think if he was in any other tier one nation, like imagine a Tuolangi and a like well not really a Tuolangi, but like a Henry Sladen, Stuart McCluskey partnership. Or like a like Teddy Tama on one wing with McCluskey bashing up in front for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's so many different options. And like, even imagine a Stuart McCluskey with like a, like a James Lowe type, you know, it, like, well, we, we know what he's like with Jacob Stockdale, but with like a Hugo Keenan at fullback. Like, I think Stuart McCluskey acts as a better ball runner for the backs to give it on a platter than some, some back rows nowadays, especially mm-hmm. some of the aspects ones when you look at them. Yeah, and that uh, that center partnership with Luke Marshall seems to be working really well, doesn't it as well? Yeah, I love it. It's it's kind of just like uh, childhood sort of vibes. It's it's like it's like the perfect center partnership if you if Marshall wasn't injured. You know, like he had yeah. two off, and there was that whole um, worry that is he going to come back? And you know, he has came back and he's done brilliantly. <laughs> I think. I think he's even in with the show. Well, he probably isn't because of his age now, but you know, he wouldn't be bad enough 23 in the Ireland squad. You know? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's certainly pushing, and I think we're expecting James Hume back for this South Africa trip. Do you think he's done enough to keep the 13 jersey? See, this is the thing. Now, I think Hume was our, was our player of the season last year. Yep. And coming back from injury, there's like two ways of going about it, easing into it or jumping in right at the deep end. Kind of what we did with Marshy, to be fair, when you think about it, yeah. like just starting him in the game and stuff. But I think I think this is going to make Hume a way better player than he was last year. You know, actually having competition, like he did have competition with Sturmer, but Sturmer is brilliant and I feel like he's just a brilliant utility back and he could get picked for Aaron because of that yeah it's great great to have that competition and then obviously Will Addison due back at the end of November as well that'll add even more to the 13 and 15 jersey he's different gravy Will Addison is one of those players that you always forget that you have and when he comes back and it always seems to be a good run of five or six games like how many how many caps has he got at the minute do we know Oh, I'm not too sure. I'll check that. Yeah, but like, you know, I mean, like you always kind of forget that you have this like player and he comes on the pitch and he does everything you want him to. And yeah, then we've barely seen him, him in the last three years. Well, yeah, but when we do, when we have seen him, when you think about the likes of that, um, I always pull it back to the racing at home game. When yeah. You start 13. 
unreal. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely like, one of his best performances. He's 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 an unreal player, but he's you know injuries. It's just so unlucky with injuries, and I feel like that's with Ulster. That's what just is the norm now. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the only bad part about the Ospreys game, I suppose, was the injuries. Uh, injuries to Marty Murr, Stuart McCluskey, and who else was there? Sorry. Um, didn't Jacob not come off as well the other week? Yeah, I get he he came off against Leinster. Um, yeah. Ian Madigan and Billy Burns as well was the two I'd missed. Uh, that's yeah. got to be a concern going into the South African games. Um, I just saw that there was an injury update there and it didn't mention... Uh, it mentioned Mads, it didn't mention Billy. Um, so I presume that Billy just was pure precaution. And I would like to think that... Uh, uh, who else came off? Oh, uh, the, yeah, it says Marty Merce suffered a concussion and Kieran Treadwell has a check injury so he's out of selection for this week whether or not he's going to go to South Africa or not is yeah, a big well, question fingers crossed it won't uh, won't affect the South African tour too much but for me Sam Carter probably put in his best performance ever for Ulster on Saturday were you impressed by him? I tell you what I think he did for me as well I I I don't think he's going to be in an IQ that stays mm-hmm. I think I, I, I personally think that I don't I, I don't see Vermeulen staying either Oh really? Yeah, I, I, I just. So, my opinion of he is Sam Carter, why isn't it? Vermeulen, yeah, but he wants to play another World Cup. Um, but he's not. He, he kind of fell out of favour with South Africa. So yeah. towards the end of the championship. So like, if you were him, would you rather stay here and make money, or make more money in Japan? That's very true. I and we saw think, uh, Marcel Kutsias just moved to Japan as well. Exactly, because Marcel could see him moved because he wanted to play for South Africa and also he was getting paid more money. So, like, and also Marcel could see it. Did he, did he perform well in the URC with the Bulls? Yes, but his first sort of game with them was losing against Treviso in the Rainbow Cup. Mm-hmm. Which I understand because it was like a big, a big distance to travel and stuff like that. But looking back on when we... When we disu when we like sort of take away NIQ signings, when you look at the likes of like um I know this is still heartbreaking to us, but like the likes of like Pinar, he started to slow down quite quickly after he left us. You see uh Charles Pieto, he's about to leave Bristol apparently. Yeah. So so like you see the likes of them. So I feel like Sam Carter would be a very good sort of French division like French division player in any division, just making a bunch of money. And like and he's also he's above the age of thirty one as well. So I think we're only allowed to sign him on a year contract. Yeah, that probably makes you know, sense. Sort of PNR, it's it's under that sort of PNR rule. Like PNR was over the age of thirty one when he wanted to sign and that's when they started to block it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh talking about NIQ players, Ulster have announced the signing of British and Irish Lion, Rory Sutherland. What's your impressions on that one? Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, if you would have told me at the start of the season that we would have signed Rory Sutherland in sort of like the start of the season, with the start we've had, only one loss, about to become Champions Cup season, leading into South Africa, like, tour. Part of the season, which he probably would get selected for, because wasn't he at the game? He was at the game, so yeah, he's in Belfast. So he might get selected for this tour. I think he's perfect. I, I think for losing Jack McGrath, Suddenly, um, adds a bit of strength suddenly. with only really Warwick and Eric O'Sullivan there. 
Uh, exactly. And when you think about it as well, like um, having Roy Sutherland in that squad, like he, he's a player that never goes back. Like there's never a big tackle that pushes him back because he's so strong off his legs. Yeah. Huge. And he's like, because what we need right now is a world-class, like a one world-class, like, like front five player that's like an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. And we need like a big sort of second row when Ian Henderson isn't there. And Kieran Travel is probably going to get selected more for rounds as well. That's so we need sort of good. like another sort of NIQ player to sort in with that. And whether that comes at the expense of Dwayne Vermeulen, like at the start of the season, we were fine without him. But when he came back, he added that layer of leadership that we needed. Yeah, but 100%. Roy Sutherland will add experience you know and also signing so signing a player from another team in the six nations it's going to be interesting like it's just it's like that sense that bradley roberts was with us last year when he was playing for wales yeah it's a bit crazy isn't it like we're in that weird instance where we had a welsh international play for us last year and a scottish one this year you know but injury free i hope and i also hope that all the as i say this i hope that all the worcester players find good good enough teams for them and you know will play well and supply for their families because it's a terrible situation but teams are starting to benefit from it and also Worcester themselves will benefit from relaxing the wages yeah definitely fingers crossed all of those players managed to find a club um, going even further than that, it looks like at the end of the season we'll be signing Stephen Kitchoff, uh, South African World Cup winner what do you think about that one? And I saw something on Twitter, somebody, I think it was JT Bradley, said that he thought that he he saw the last of the big name signings from Ulster when Marcel Kutsuya came. And then we signed, then we signed from Newland, and then we signed Kitchoff. Like, Kitchoff is a Rolls Royce of a, of a prop. Like, yeah. When you think of the, the best prop over the, like, when you think of the best props of the last 10 years, Kitchoff is top three. And you have to think that that's the one area we needed to strengthen with, uh, obviously, Marty Murray and Tom O'Toole on one side, but maybe a little bit weak on the other side. Yeah, but then we also have Tuamung, Tuamung, I can't say his yeah. But he's selected for Samoa this year. Like, he's he's away in November as well. And from what I saw, that he's also on a one-year contract, and he's another NIQ player. And from what I've seen from him, is he exactly fit enough from, like, the preseason friendly, he wasn't fit. Yeah. It's sort of that sense that, remember when Marty Murr came to us, and Marty Murr played us the year before, and he wasn't fit at all. Yeah, he kind of struggled them first few games, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, like, if Torgalin, you know, plays to the player he wants to be, but I think, in a sense, that we kind of lost the benefit there if he does play for Samoa which he will because he, he's good enough. Like, from what I've seen in, like, highlight packages and the Wasps fans and all love him. But, mm-hmm. like, do we see, uh, like, two good NIQ players that will be here through the season to lock down both sides when, like, I, like, ideally you would want somebody like Andrew Work, who's played brilliant over the last season. Really, he's played, he's played some of the rugby of his life. Oh, he definitely is. Yes. And Eric O'Sullivan struggled with injury that much that he's he's just going to become a decent prop, but he's still young. He still hasn't hit his peak yet. Mm-hmm. 
but Kitchoff is a next level signing. I and also he's the captain of the Stormers. Like we've signed the captain of the Stormers. Yeah, you you never know who could come in here and become the the new Ulster captain. Exactly. Well, yeah, Johan Muller did that, and Sam Carter was captain of the Brumbies when we signed him. And Dwayne Vermeulen was captain of, was it the Bulls that we signed him from? So, like, you know, well, he was, like, not, he was in that sort of captaincy realm. Like, he, he was necessarily not captain, but you know what I mean? He was in the, he was in the leadership. And what we've, what we've seen in the last couple of years is that we've got a healthy balance of signing young NIQ players. But now, all of a sudden, we've tried the young NIQ players. We've tried the Matt Fadezes. We've tried the Sam Carters. And they might have not necessarily worked. And they might have been all right squad players, but yeah. when you sign non-Irish qualified players, you want them to be a starter, don't you? Exactly. And Kitchoff is a starter. One hundred percent. No doubt about that one. Yeah, exactly. And also, like bringing from World Cup experience as well. Like you've seen how much Dwayne Vermeulen's improved. Like Nick Timoney. Like just imagine his career progression. He started at Ulster under Nick Williams. Nick Williams was a mammoth of a player and he yeah. was experienced he wasn't internationally experienced but he was experienced and he was a great player learned under him learned under marcel kutsia even like i'd say he learned under jean Diesel in that weird stint that we had with him yeah but now, he, now he's training under Dwayne vermeulen you know uh, it's only gonna make him a better all, player all of the young back rows even marcus ray is going to be a world-class player oh him he, and he, he's had a class season last year yeah. Him and David McCann, you know, him, Dave McCann, Marcus Ray, uh, even Matty Ray is a good squad player. Like, you know, there's a good back row there. And it's not quite Leinster standard just yet, but we're certainly getting there. Yeah, the pack's definitely building. Just quickly before I let you go, uh, sitting second in the table at the moment behind Leinster on 16 points. Uh, is that kind of where you'd expect Ulster to be at this stage of the season? Um, yeah, and also Stormers have a game in hand. Yeah. And so um, so the second, third is ideally when you want to be for the season, just kind of sitting there. You you want that home semi-final, you want that home quarter-final. And, you know, ideally enough, you want to get in this South Africa tour, I reckon you want at least one win from the Lions, and the Sharks are going to be difficult. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Would you expect, how many points would you hope to get out of a possible 10 over there? Um... I, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for six. I you think, think six would be a, good. A, like a losing bonus point slash bonus point try in sharks, which is going to be really difficult. But at least if we keep in touch and we win, at least in the lions, because I know that the lions are the weaker of the South African sides, but they're a different kettle of fish when they're in South Africa. It's kind of like what we have with the Italian teams. All of a sudden, they're winning a lot now because they're yeah, Benetton sitting up on fourth. Yeah, and Zebra's starting to beat teams. And Newport Gwent Dragons, the strongest Welsh team all of a sudden. You know, oh, yeah, that's like, crazy. We're seeing, we're seeing this completely weird shift. But what we need from the South Africa tour is minimal injuries. And also we have to think as well that the Ireland Day squad, like the lads can just stay there. You've got Jake Flannery. You've got Nathan Doke. You've got Michael McDonald. McDonald's, you know, you've got all those players. And also what we haven't brought up as well, that I would kind of want to ask you, Lewis, is uh, what's your opinion on John Cooney for Scotland? Yeah, uh, we discussed that a little bit last week. I, I think it's a great move for him, to be honest. Um, he, he's 
probably the best scrum half in Ireland for me, like Stephen Ferris said. And he deserves more international caps than he has. So if, if Scotland's going to give him the recognition he deserves, I definitely think he should be going there. Um, yeah. Again, I don't think it particularly means he needs to leave Ulster. We see that Scotland are willing to pick players from overseas. So well, fingers yeah. crossed he will be able to stay in Ulster and also play for Scotland. He's a, super, he's a superb player, but the signing of Michael McDonald is leaving me thinking, you know, we had Shanners for such a long time covering that set scrum half. And now you have well, Nathan Doak as well. And now you have Nathan Doak, but why is signing Michael McDonald? You know, yeah, it's, we have, it, it's, certainly, it's certainly one that asks a lot of questions. We certainly, well, we haven't seen enough Michael McDonald to know, but from what I've seen in the Super Rugby when he has been on, and like if what one game I've actually seen him play ever is he, he's a decent and also even the Ireland Day games he's quick he's brilliant like he is really quick but uh, you know the, the sort of courts out on him just seeing if he can keep anything up and you know Nathan Doak needs someone similar age to battle with him yeah definitely 100% agree uh, that's all we have time for Adam but hopefully when you're back in Belfast we'll be able to get you live on the podcast 100% what were we saying pub podcast yes you know? exactly yeah. oh I yeah good stuff <laughs> yes thank you for coming on Adam no problem thanks Liz thanks bye bye so a big thank you to Adam for coming on to the podcast and doing that interview with us and like I said hopefully we'll get him on live again if any of you would like to get involved in the podcast, please get in touch with the Instagram page. It's Ravenhill underscore Roundup. Or get in touch with myself or Jamie and we'll be very happy to get you on live or do an interview. Whichever suits you best. So, looking at the game, Jamie. Uh, 47 points to 17 win. A big bonus point win. What was your thoughts on the game? I mean, I really liked the game. Watching it, I was so impressed especially by the defence. It was such a strong, strong defensive game, especially whenever you take into account that Ospreys only actually had two tries, one in the first and one in, one in the first half and one in the last play of the game. So you could basically say they didn't score a try in the second half. Um, going in, tack solid. You know, it's another seven tries and... Uh, the actual distribution was great. Passing, especially after last week, I had criticisms about the passing, the fumbling of the ball and the juggling, and it wasn't sort of going. It was an excellent, excellent bounce back from what was seen last week against Leinster, which to me was not a lacklustre performance, but it wasn't what we could have done. And I think that this week we showed what we can do with the players that we have at the minute and with the injuries and uh, everything that's sort of happening, you know, emerging Ireland and everything like that. Four tries first half, great. You know, it's consistency because you had your four tries in the first, three tries in the second and it was just complete control of the game. Um, nine changes as well from last week that was big I thought it was risky because it wasn't necessarily that Ulster played bad against Leinster for the most part um, whenever 
you look at the changes, I think that it worked out whenever you look at who, how people played in the game. The changes that he made played really well and they were on fire. And forwards, again, class. You know, uh, Vermeulen getting his first start. And I didn't really have any notes on scrums or lineouts or anything. I think it was very solid in the set pieces. And once again, kicking was great. Uh, Laurie doing his runs from way back and getting into the the line I thought was great. Uh, just the only thing that I have is I think that people might get a wee bit too excited for South Africa turn I thinking that we're going to go in and boss it. I wouldn't say that we would. I think that there's still big improvements needed uh, for whenever we're going to South Africa against such big teams, you know, at the end of the day it was only Osprey and we had just lost the Leinster the week before. I think it's still need that extra boost and, and the big turnaround still. Yeah, look, um, from my perspective, um, you know, there was nine changes as well um, to the Ospreys team and they were without the likes of... Uh, George North, Alan Wynne Jones, uh, Gareth Anscombe. Without those big players, and then they had two late changes as well, with their captain Dan Lydiot and Stephen Myler, their out half, also being ruled out late. I think that probably had a big impact on, on the Ospreys' performance, because to come to Belfast with a weakened squad as it is, and then also have two late changes to the team. I think they were always going to struggle and it was always going to be a really tough task to ask them to get any points out of the game. But the pressure from Ulster um, was very good early on in the game. They put the Ospreys under a lot of pressure. We saw a lot of kicking in the first uh, 20 minutes. A couple of really good tries from Luke Marshall. He, he just looks like he's in absolute top form at the minute. And like I said, with Adam, uh, James Hume back for the South African trip. So... I think he's done enough to keep his jersey um, until he, he does something wrong to lose it. Obviously, James Hume was the player of the season last year for Ulster, but I think he's had an absolutely excellent start to the season. Um, and as well, like I said, Sam Carter, I thought he was brilliant. He was, he was one of the standout players. And I was also really impressed with Craig Gilroy. I think that's the best performance he's put in in a long time. Um, for Ulster, obviously he's he's had trouble getting into the squad with the likes of Balakun, McElroy and Stockdale being back from injury, but he's certainly he's certainly putting in a big fight to try and win his place back. Yeah, but for me, Ulster can only really play what's in front of them. Um, a bonus point win at home going into the South Africa tour. Um, you know it's the best way to bounce back from last week and fingers crossed um south africa trip will go really well in ulster news unfortunately in the osprey game we did have a fair amount of injuries a total of five ulster men came off the pitch injured we had ian madigan who whenever i was uh looking doing research for the notes he was having his mri uh i'm not sure with the new uh, medical update that came out while we're recording. Uh, if it's the results are back, uh, I'm sure Lewis will be able to say. We have Martin Moore 
he went off with a concussion and as far as I know he'll just be going through the regular protocols um, that are set out in the league for concussion so it just depends on how severe and how he was feeling from it. We had Billy Burns coming off and Stuart McCluskey as well in the games and in training Kieran Treadwell came off with a chest injury so I will pass over Lewis he has the updated medical report and give you the lowdown on each of the players that end up going off. Thanks Jimmy yeah so um, from the medical report that Ulster released a couple of days ago um, you covered most of it Jimmy but Ian Madigan sustained a left knee injury during the game against Ospreys and he has now had an MRI scan to assess the extent we haven't heard the report back from that but from the pain he was in you would assume he's definitely going to be out for at least a few weeks Marty Moore a concussion like you say following the world rugby return to play protocols and Treadwell with that chest injury in training last week um, the latter two Treadwell and Moore both included in the tour to South Africa which is good news for Ulster so expect to see them at some point Ian Madigan not included and the other two who went off with an injury, Stuart McCluskey and Billy Burns, are also both included on the tour. So, a bit of mixed news. Um, some injuries not too bad. Some players maybe just taken off as a precaution, and um, one or two players just with a with a bit of a a long term injury possibly. And in other news, Ulster have announced two new players joining the roster. We have. Stephen Kitchoff on a three-year deal moving in at the end of the season. Uh, this will happen after the World Cup and it's very exciting signing. We also have Rory Sutherland coming in from Worcester on a short-term deal. This is because the club has went into administration due to tax fraud as far as I know which is a bit outrageous for that level of a team um, Lewis what are your thoughts on the transfers good for Ulster yeah um, for me absolutely great news for Ulster um, starting off with Rory Sutherland you know 91 caps for Edinburgh 14 for Worcester and then internationally 20 caps for Scotland and two British and Irish Lions caps I mean, I think that in itself just shows what kind of a player he is. He is absolutely super. He's going to really bolster that Ulster pack, in my opinion. Um, I did hear Rory Best saying on, on BBC before the Ospreys game that he didn't think it would particularly boost the pack. However, for me, he's a big ball carrier. Um I, I do think he is strong in the scrums, despite what Rory was saying, fr from what I've seen of him anyway. So I think that's a huge statement for Ulster until the end of the season, and really good in their hunt for silverware. And like you say, Kitchoff on a three-year deal. I mean, you don't need to say much about him. He's a World Cup winner, um, captain of the Stormers, and just how highly thought he is in South Africa and how sad they are to see him go shows what a player Ulster are getting 
and um, you know that's just another leader and another world class player to add to the Ulster team and um, I'm absolutely delighted with the signing and I think the whole squad will be. So as usual we're going to take a look back at the other games from the URC this season um, a bit quicker than usual. Starting off with the Scarlet's Cardiff game um, and Cardiff came out on top of that one Jimmy. Yeah a wee Welsh uh, derby going on but although it's a derby it was not a good watch at all. It was scrappy and just relied on moments breaking through the line. Uh, I will say, fair play to Cardiff. They've been poor. They've had a really poor start and uh, had trouble with discipline. But they did come out on top this weekend. And I guess it sort of shows that they have something that they're able to rely on their moments and maybe just get through a game and get a result. Next up, we had Connacht versus Munster. Connacht coming out on top with a 20-11. Uh, what do you think about the game, Lewis? Yeah, I think it was the uh, the game of no confidence, to be honest. Both teams in, in quite a bad way um, for the start of the season. We took a look at the league table last week. We'll maybe have a quick look at it later. But... For me, I think the home advantage uh, was what counted for Connacht. They were definitely the better team. I thought they outmuscled Munster at the, in the end. Um, you know, they they struck first with an early try. Munster responded, and then Connacht added two tries um, just to finish Munster off. And like I say, both teams lacking in confidence. Both teams without some key players. Um, Mike Haley missing for Munster. The likes of Bundy Aki missing for Connacht. And I think Joey Carberry as well, struggling for form at the minute for Munster. He's been he's been quite poor. They moved him to full back this week. Um, he hasn't particularly shone at out half or full back. So it'll be interesting to see how these two go the rest of the season. Um, you know if if this can be sort of a jumping ground from Connacht to sort of find their feet and add some big big results, and for Munster, you know. It just looks like they have a lot of work to do. So moving on, um, another bonus point win for the Stormers. Um, they were away to Zebre, and the final score for that one was 20 points to 37. Jimmy, your thoughts on that one? For me, it was actually a pretty decent game, to be fair to both teams. The Stormers dominated first half, but going late into it, uh, Zebre getting the the try just before the break I think it really brought their momentum back and helped them get into the start of the second half and get uh, their other try but they couldn't hold it on for long and Stormers just regained the momentum and started to dominate once again and see out an easy win in my opinion yeah well said Jimmy I think um, I think the Stormers being 17-0 up um, after about 35 minutes for me you know against a team with that much quality it's always going to be a big struggle to come back um, from 17-0 down but Zebra like you say with that try before half time they were also first to score in the second half so um, you know Zebra really showing some fight this season um, but for me just outdone by by a good bit of quality from the Stormers. Going on to the next game of the weekend we had Leinster versus the Sharks. Uh, 
very good win for Leinster if you're a supporter. 54 the 34. Uh, Leinster still unbeaten this season. What were your thoughts, Lewis? Yeah, for me, this was definitely the game of the week. Um, I thought both teams were absolutely brilliant in attack. And I'm sure the defence coaches won't be too happy and I'll have a lot to work on. But I actually thought that just how good the attack was was the reason there was so many tries conceded by both teams in this game. You know, Leinster scored really early in the first three minutes. Sharks responded. It was another arm wrestle of a game. Each time one team scored, the other team responded. And one of the standout players for me was Gary Ringrose. He got two tries and it was an absolutely brilliant performance. You know, him and Henshaw looking really strong in the centre so far this season. And there was there was just some amazing tries in the game. Um, Abrahams for the Sharks. You know, that try on 53 minutes was unbelievable. Um, brilliant brilliant break and then the kick in behind and to show the pace to get to the ball. I thought that was a super score. And, you know, for Leinster, a bonus point win. And for the Sharks, they'll take a losing bonus point from that game. And I don't think they'll be too disappointed with that. Like you said, in the end game. And it'll have to be my game of the week, personally. I love the wee end the end game. Uh, I thought that it was really impressive for Leinster the go and score uh, in three and a half minutes, especially against a side like the Sharks. You've seen it was going back and forth all game. Uh, but I think that towards the end, whenever Leinster started to get that edge and get more points, Sharks just started to get tired and let Leinster run away, sort of wee bit of silly mistakes, and uh, second try for Ulster, Ringrose, I must say, very, very sexy play. Yeah, so moving on, um, to for me, what was the shock of the weekend? Glasgow Warriors 35, the Bulls 21, a big win for Glasgow, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it, sort of, uh, the whole pre-season and start of this season that Glasgow are going through a transition new coaching and a new style of play and is this evidence that that transition is working and they're maybe gonna go above where you would have necessarily put them at the start of the season it definitely surprised everyone but it was well deserved the speed of that Glasgow side against the Bulls was amazing. That is what won them the game. The runs just going and going from the backs, uh, causing the Bulls to be sloppy and uh, missing tackles. There was definitely, I know, uh, Josh Mackay's try. So many missed tackles from the Bulls, and it just let Glasgow get ahead. And if it wasn't for those missed tackles because there was two tries that I picked out at least that it was because of silly missed tackles they probably could have won or at least brought up the very close game yeah I have to agree Jamie um with Glasgow being 14 nil up after 10 minutes they put themselves in a really good position to go on and win the game in a game that nobody would have expected them to win the Bulls have been really impressive so far this season so it was quite a shock result for me, but they'll be very happy with the bonus point, and hopefully from their perspective, that can get them back on track for the rest of the season. 
And a team that continues to surprise us are Benetton. They have been absolutely super so far this season. What a start for them. And again this weekend, another bonus point win. They beat the Dragons 34 points to 14. Jamie, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think it's a game result that you could have seen coming beforehand. Benetton have been playing exceptional for most of the season, getting up in the league. And, you know, you have the Dragons struggling. Yes, they are they're the best Welsh team at the minute in the league. I believe it is in points, but uh, they're definitely not performing the way they should be, or really putting in that effort that gets them the points in games, and uh, they didn't, they couldn't hold on Benetton at all in that game. Benetton's passing was great, and it definitely won them that game. Last game of the weekend. We've seen Edinburgh take on the Lions. Lions winning 22-19. Very close game, especially considering how both teams have been playing. What were your thoughts on that, Lewis? Well, yeah, another big win for one of the South African sides away from home. Um, you know, they've got to be really happy with how their season started and probably a worry for Ulster going into this weekend that they're performing so well. It was another arm wrestle of a game for me. You know, Edinburgh scored first, the Lions scored, Edinburgh responded, the Lions responded. It was a really, really tight game throughout the contest. I think Edinburgh will be quite disappointed with their tackling for the second Lions try. Um, one of the standout players for me for Edinburgh was Darcy Graham. I thought he looked really sharp on the wing and really dangerous for Edinburgh. But... Um, like I say, another big win away for them after winning away in Cardiff last week as well. I completely agree. The uh, especially whenever you talk about star players, uh, Darcy Graham's try for me was lovely, and Edinburgh lost themselves the game by silly defensive mistakes. I will say fair play to them because they come that close after the start that they've had the the season. It was it was a good effort, but just that wee bit of sloppiness and untidiness uh, lost them the game, really. Lions' drive to get back into the game is really, really good. And I think that's something that Ulster are going to have to be worry, wary about next week whenever we play them. Uh, especially because of the talent that they have in the side. So looking ahead to the big tour to South Africa this weekend, the squad has been announced. I'll just quickly read that out for you. So the forwards travelling are as follows. John Andrew, Sam Carter, Rob Herring, Gareth Milosinovic, Marty Murr, Jordy Murphy, Alan O'Connor, Eric O'Sullivan, Tom O'Toole, Marcus Ray, Matty Ray, Rory Sutherland's new signing is travelling, Nick Timoney, Kieran Treadwell, Andrew Warwick and Dwayne Vermeulen. In the backs, Billy Burns, John Cooney, Angus Curtis, James Hume, Michael Lowry, Rob Little, Luke Marshall and Stuart McCluskey. And they will all join up with the emerging Ireland squad who were out there, which includes Rob Balakun, Nathan Doak, Jake Flannery, Cormac Izwachuku, Dave McCann, Michael McDonald, Ethan McElroy, Stuart Murr, Callum Reid and Tom Stewart. Um, strong squad, Jamie. How good is it to see 
James Hume back from injury um, put a bit of pressure on Luke Marshall who started the season really well yeah it's always great to see players coming back and getting in the squad especially whenever it's big games like this I think that it puts the pressure on them to perform well and whenever you have that uh, that lack of you're going to be straight into the squad because everyone's playing well I think that it's going to create a really good competitive environment and hopefully we can see both players uh, raise up a level and start to almost battle each other and uh, have a good tussle for the position. So it is Lions at home. Uh, they do play at a high altitude. What are your thoughts on that? Going in sort of especially different than how we play at home. Um, any effects that you think it might have on the team? Yeah, so the Lions, uh, they play at 1,753 metres above sea level. Ulster are going to find that particularly tough in the first game. You know, that's it's the type of thing that can that can swing a game in the other team's favour. You know, they'll be feeling tired, out of breath early on. And I think it's probably going to be the toughest of the two games out in South Africa for me. Out of the two games, I would hope that Ulster can get at least six points out of the tour. I think a bonus point win and a losing bonus point worst case scenario I think would be pretty good for Ulster out there, especially with how both the Lions and the Sharks are performing at the moment. But I think it's going to be a really, really tough tour. But thankfully it's a strong squad heading out there and it'll be great to have the Emerging Ireland squad back back with the Ulster team. And, you know, that's only going to strengthen us. And of course to have new sign-in Rory Sutherland out there I think that's brilliant for us and, you know, fingers crossed we can get some good results. That is us for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again, Adam, for coming on. want to just remind you that we are on Spotify and Instagram. So if you want to get involved in the show, remember to send us a DM comment on our post and we will get the also sticking up on our story now on the instagram before we record for your questions so if you see it hit on it any questions about the match any opinions stick it on there and we'll get you involved if anyone would like to get involved in the way that adam did do an interview then we are happy enough just get in contact and we'll figure out how to get you on whether that be in person or via uh, video call. Once again, thank you for listening and like the podcast, subscribe to us and follow us on Instagram. Thank you very much.